This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We- and then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. The Opium Man is the witch doctor of Bahamas. So I remember once being at a Super Bowl party and we didn't like any of the people there. Well, we didn't like frat people at all. Okay. And there was tons of frat people. And the Super Bowl ended, and Darren just played that song. <laughs> and, if, if, and the people just left. Welcome to Y-Tunes Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your host, comedian and radio personality, Maggie Mayfield, and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is is Y Tune Shuffle. All right, well, let, let's do a show. What okay. do you think? Yeah. This is a show that we like to call Y Tune Shuffle. Uh-huh. And my name is Maggie Mayfield, your host, with my co host, David Earl Waterman, aka Hollywood Secret Weapon. Look out, look out, look out. <laughs> and our guest today is singer, songwriter, musician, surrogate Elton John, author, um, comedian, Sir Adam Chester. Yay. Welcome yes, to the are. show. Yay. <laughs> Yay. What does that mean, surrogate? So surrogate, basically, I get to rehearse the band so Elton doesn't have to. What? Right. That's a thing? It's a thing. That's a commute to England? No, silly. (laughs) What? I'm trying. I'll I'll do it if I have to. Sure. Have you been over there? I have. Mm. He had my, uh, he paid for my wife and kids. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. He doesn't know that. Yes, I went to <sighs> London and uh, rehearsed, uh-huh. and I actually wrote the choral part to a new song he had. And I went over to London and taught the choir how to do it, and um, it was really cool. Can you so, tell us what, that, what was the, the song? The song was called Home Again. And I can tell from your looks, it was a big hit here. <laughs> was it? <laughs> no, it was. Damn it. Oh, darn it. Anyway, no, um, please. I'm yeah. just saying, uh, uh, so my my role in the band has, has grown. It started in 2005. I was just rehearsing them for the Captain Fantastic reunion tour. Mm-hmm. It was the anniversary of that release. You know, you know Captain Fantastic, don't you? Yeah, because I was traveling with Grandma and Grandpa Bolt, Aunt Lori, my brother, sister, and I to Washington, D.C., actually Virginia, to see my uncle. And on an eight-track recorder, we listened to Captain Fantastic, Bold and Ridgemantic? What's the word? Uh... Captain Fantastic, Fantastic, the Brown Dirt Cowboy. See, I, I bowl. I, it's wow. just one of those. Yeah, you were on a road trip. Bro, brown Dirt so, Cowboy. Uh, <laughs> and so I got in, brought in for that, and then they brought me to uh, for the bar, reunion. For the reunion okay. of that, yeah. uh, of that tour, mm-hmm. and then they had me uh, rehearse the band there, and then I got to sing with him in the choir on stage. It was like an eight-member choir. And I got to sing at Madison Square Garden and Boston. And then two years later, they had me arrange and conduct this 65-member Brooklyn Youth Chorus. Mm. It was amazing. At the Garden. So I played the Garden five times now with him. You can say the Garden because you've done it that that many times. Absolutely. And it's it's amazing. The Garden. I mean, you literally, I stood on stage and I looked out and I thought, you can kill me now. This is... Well, this, this is, is it. particularly wow. odd because prior this... to you being the orchestral director and rehearser for Elton John Band, you were a parking lot attendant. How does that? Not, no, jump? no. How did I? What? I'm kidding. I, 
how do you be, how do you become this? Like, what happens in one's life where you have this amazing you know, opportunity? I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I knew Davy Johnstone, who is the MD, um, mm-hmm. and he's been the guitarist since '71. Okay. And uh, he would do live gigs with me. Uh, he'd, you know, we'd hang out each, at each other's houses. And one day in 2005, he said, "Hey, would you mind rehearsing?" the band because we know you sing and play and i i love your stuff would you be up for doing that and i was like um let me think about that are you kidding jumped and 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 then just one thing led to another and so the the coolest thing in uh january 31st we taped it aired in april it was on cbs Mm -hmm. the grammy had a big tribute to elton john so Elton, Bernie Taupin, and Elton's husband, David, were in the audience at Madison Square Garden, and all these artists, Lady Gaga, John Legend, uh, uh, Sam Smith, it, it was incredible. I got to play on stage with the band. I played Elton's piano Wow! while he was sitting there watching, and I kept thinking, he's he hates this, but I he loved it, and it was, yeah. it was incredible. Oh. It was just, it was a... An amazing experience. It aired on CBS in April, and uh, it's it's been great. And now we start rehearsals in a week and a half mm-hmm. for his farewell tour, and I go bye bye for three or four weeks. So you're which gonna- is wow. great. Oh, okay. Yeah, we just get I get the band ready and get Elton ready too. Because mm-hmm. if he doesn't remember something like how to play a certain song that he did years ago, mm-hmm. I'll show him how to do it. And Wow, that's crazy! That cool. is really. I mean, th- these are the elements of uh, of a dream. Live music. Well, of, uh, it's uh, crazy. But, I mean, we, I was. We the... uh, just assume that the band knows the song, and it's like okay, two, three, four, and that's it. Right. But no. There's so much behind the scenes. There stuff. really is, and and I'm the guy who, when I was nine years old, I had posters of Elton John all over my Get room. Get out. So it's crazy that this has happened. You know, it's yeah. just. Crazy. The universe puts you in the right spot for a reason, though. I guess, which is why I'm here. Yeah. I love that it doesn't get old for you. Like, you still have this mm. kid-like feeling totally. when you talk about it. Totally. You're just like, ah! Yeah, and, and if people are like, you know, Elton's not in a good mood today, I, you know, what do I care? I, I, I'm there to help, so I see him and I say, hey, did you miss me? And, <laughs> and, he, and he actually smiles, and, and that's, that's awesome, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so I love what I do. That's great. But you're also an author and a mutual friend of ours, Mark Wallengren, who was also on a very early episode of the show, mm-hmm. invited me to come over to read a book oh, that boy. you wrote. Yes, yes. Smother. <laughs> yes. Um, a lot of fun. It's Is all... this all stand off the blog? Yeah. It started off of a blog I did, which was based on one of her letters to me, which was simply, Dear Adam, please don't eat sushi. Love, Mom. <laughs> and that was it. And she attached an article uh, with some dude who had a, a worm from sushi he had eaten in his stomach. So she was warning me that this will happen anytime you eat sushi. <laughs> She's in the car if you want me to go get her. I She's could... fine. Yeah, it's not that, that okay, hot today. Fine. No. Just leave her there. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a book. Uh, Abrams Publishing uh, released it and they did Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. What, what's your mom's name? I'm going to play a little clip of this, if this is okay. Oh, Joan. Her okay. name is Joan. Joan. Oh, is this her reading one of her letters? This is probably one of the funniest things oh, God, I've seen me. in a long time. All right. All right, here we go. January 1999. She sounds Adam, like a trip. Here's a 20 to have lunch. 
I hope you have screws on your windows. On the news, it said killer bees are on their way to L.A. Yeah. Remember that kid you knew in Miami that said that? Enclosed fine check for ticket. Love, Mom. Yeah, she's a hoot. Oh, my God. So when we did that recording in the studio, yeah. the guys behind the con- uh, the control board were literally crying because they couldn't believe how naturally insane she was. Yeah. And this whole vibe between her and I is like, I'm, um, she's like Inspector Clouseau mm-hmm. and I'm Inspector Dreyfus. I'm in the corner twitching like I want to kill her. And I come across as the crazy one. Uh, yeah. But she's nuts, but everybody loves her. Yeah. So uh, that's the vibe. It's so, and they're like, the deeper that you get into this particular one, she's like, how about I just move in with you in yeah. LA? That yeah. would make me happy and it would save your rent. Yeah. I'd rather just give you the money. Like she's amazing. And she's 100 serious. This, oh. this is not a, a shtick. Not a shtick. Not wow, a Wow, that's nope. that's validating because I think a lot of us can relate to Smothers. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting situation, you know. Um, but it has gone off the rails, uh, and she sent me now over maybe two thousand letters. Wow. And I've saved pretty much all of them, and some of them I haven't even opened. Some of them I can't open. I don't. I don't want to read it. Really? really? Yeah. I'll open them one day. Maybe. Well, what gives you a sense yeah. to not open a letter? Just the n- mood of normalcy. <laughs> Take, okay. I, I need oh, a yeah, break. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need one day oh. without her voice in my head. But oh. um, is your wife and her close? Uh, so what else are we going to cover? Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, first song. What a great yeah, segue. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's and go. And we're off and running. <laughs> Adam Chester, this is song number one. I'm my Zelda. My Zelda. My Zelda. She took the money and let's go way, way back. Once again. Zelda, my Zelda, she took the money and ran with the tailor. My Zelda, she All right, so why this song? Oh boy. When I broke the zipper in my pants. How can you argue with humor as good as that? Yeah. Alan Sherman, uh, Alan Sherman. who was so well known for Hello Mudda, Hello Fada, uh-huh. uh, which is the ringtone for my phone, by the way. Oh, nice. I love Alan Sherman. That album... <laughs> this is a first, ladies and gentlemen. That that's funny. Uh, that's very funny. Um, I just I love it. So I was exposed to that record. My son, the folk singer, my dad had it and played it all the time. And I was a little kid, and I thought this is hysterical. And um, I didn't even realize he was taking songs that existed and did lyrical parodies on it. I thought he he just did it all. Oh, wow. And uh, so I was a huge fan. And it's hard for me to get my boys to like that because the humor is somewhat very Jewish and very Mm -hmm. dated. Mm -hmm. And I just sit there cracking up. I Uh I love it. I love that song. It makes me happy every time I hear it. And like when you said, give me five songs, it was the first song that came to my head because sure. to me, that's where I started listening to records was, was this my son, the folk singer. I must've been maybe six years old when, when I got a hold of that record and I just played it to death. In your bedroom? 
Yeah, in my bedroom and it, on the old vinyl that you know we had, you know, you know, it, did, it was so cool. Uh, did you share a room? Did, like, who's I, in the house when you're growing up? Oh let's, yeah, let's so it was my mom and dad and uh, and me. I'm an only child, oh. and uh, so I would just sit in my room and uh, pretend that my mother wasn't annoying me even then, uh-huh. and just listen to my son, the folk singer, all day. Um, it just made me happy, and that's that isn't even one of the most popular songs. So I was surprised when you started laughing. You recognize that? Yes. That's yeah. Funny. Um, yeah. Adam and I have a connection with Ithaca College. I was uh-huh. born and raised yep. in Ithaca, and yep. uh, about the time your wife uh, was attending, yep. my my girlfriend Terry uh, Tilly Goldman. Uh, Terry Tilly Goldman? Are yeah. you kidding? No, I'm not. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know her. Well, oh. you, I'm sure your wife will, or she'll know the haunt where I was a bartender. But in I, any yeah, case, probably. my comedy career and acting career was just beginning, and, and Terry, who was from Brookline, Massachusetts, uh, Incredibly hot, incredibly awesome college sexual experience. Right, uh, like most Jews. I mean, introduced I must say. me to, right. to Alan Sherman. Yes, and I did not get it, and oh, I that's had great. to fake laugh oh, for semester <laughs> after semester. Was that a fake laugh then? Just now? No, it was a, okay, it that was was a reminiscent ah, laugh. My good. father. Yeah. Okay, not a Jew. Right. My father loves Alan Sherman. That's so cool. And it would not be at all surprising for this, you know, (laughs) Gentile. Hello, Mata. Yes. Hello, (laughs) Mata. And I would say this. uh, Jewish humor. You mentioned this, right? Yes. Jewish humor. Mm -hmm. I believe... As a glam, yes. as a Gentile, I believe is universal humor. I, I, Why I do my family love Jerry Seinfeld? When my, you know, it, it's univer- It's yeah. really, yeah. I think the gold, Goldman standard. The, the Goldman gold, standard. The gold <laughs> standard of comedy. The Goldberg standard. So that's what, it was a re- like, oh my God, the uh, last thing I would think about was Alan Sherman on Why Tune Shuffle, but why, that's what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, so good. wonderful, wonderful. Um, so cool. <laughs> All right. Song number two? Here we go. Yes, yeah. Yeah! There goes Davey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the, so the, much. Uh, yeah. So much oh, to say. Infinite. Infinite. So Why much. this one in particular? Uh, this is really my first Elton song that I ever heard. And it was way past the year that that album came out. And I was sitting in my mother's car in Miami, and this came on the radio. And I thought, it oh did? my God. Yeah. Wow. They played that on terrestrial radio back then. And um, somebody had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's a 12 minute song. Right. Um, it, was, it was just one of those oh my God moments where I literally remember sitting in that Pontiac Le Mans and going, 
this is the greatest thing I have ever heard in my life was this, you know, five minute entry piece, uh, funeral for a friend. And then the, you know, oh, lyrical yeah. love lies bleeding. And I thought, this is what I want to do. And I got to find out who this guy is. I started getting all of his records. I, I searched for bootlegs. And my senior year of high school, I was in this group called Rock Ensemble, and you got to choose what song you want to do. My senior year, I said, I want to do Funeral for a Friend, Love Lies Bleeding. And I came out in a coffin, oh my gosh. and there was um, dry ice, smoke, fog all over. And I you know, got out of the coffin in a three-piece white tuxedo and tails and sat at the baby grand and played that song. And, and it was it was the beginning of what was to be, I guess, reality because the first time I played that with the band, it was uh, 2005. We were doing other songs aside from Captain Fantastic. And I remember singing and playing that and Guy Babylon, who was the keyboardist at the time, he passed away, but he looked at me after the song and he said, that sounded amazing. Wow. And I thought, oh my God, you know, kill me again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that that was my dream, sitting there in that Pontiac Le Mans, listening to this song for the first time going, I got to know who this is. I, I This is what I want to do. And there I was rehearsing the song with the Elton John band. Nigel Olson on drums, Davy mm-hmm. Johnstone on guitar. Those are two original members. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh my God, it was just... I can't describe it, but I hope you can feel how real this is. Yeah. And it's it's real for me every time I sit with them. Yeah. You know, it's like, who am I? I'm just some guy who, you know, plays piano, who sings. And here I am, the lucky one. And uh, it's it's just Were you, Are you self-taught or did you have lessons? No, I had lessons. I went to USC for a school of music. Well, there you go. This is this is getting down to why these things yeah. happen. I you, guess. You did yeah. the work. No, I, I did the work. I mean, I could have done better work. I, is there any keyboardist or any musician or any comedian, for that matter, who thinks they're done with their work? And I, I'm as good as I can be. I always think I can be better. Mm-hmm. But yes, there was a lot of training and there was a lot of songwriting and singing and piano lessons and then college and then I got my degree in music at SC which didn't get me a job I mean it was a BA in music what are you going to do with that Hmm. so I got a job this is great I got a job at music plus um, selling records and you have to be an old school California person to know music plus and in walks this woman, and she starts renting videos from us. And I was just very nice to her. We developed a friendship. One week, she brings in her husband, and I almost passed out. I said, oh, my God, Davy Johnstone. Mm. Oh, wow. And you knew. that's where I met Davy in the wow. record store. And uh, we started working from that moment on. And that's mm. really, I guess, USC got me to Music Plus, got me to Elton John. It's, uh, it was that kind of a leap. I've never told that story, I don't think. I'm glad we got the scoop. Yeah. We got the, yeah, the scoop. Yeah. Um, that is so cool. Well, I, that I, was cool. What I, you know, this is the first time we've ever met, Adam. And, um, you know, we know a lot of people and yep. all of us here sitting are kind of in the business of the show. Yep. And, and I think that... Something that definitely strikes me is that though you say lucky and mm-hmm. there is some luck involved and mm-hmm. everybody's working and we're all this herd of people that appreciates and, and expresses and, and creates, you know, 
And then when you do find yourself in a position where it's like, I know that I'm very fortunate and I'm very lucky, I think there are two ways people can go. They can become isolated and a little bit put off by talking about it, or they can be engaging and celebratory. Mm. And that's the vibe I'm getting mm-hmm. from you, oh, an totally. awareness of like, totally. we all did this. Yep. You know, We yep. all were doing this Every, from, from your rock opera your your debut yeah. in yeah. Miami yeah, and all yeah. of that support it was yeah. you know you, it it doesn't seem like it's a wholly personal thing it's like I'm mm. so glad I'm here and we're all here well with you. so thank you and yeah. and you know I have a convertible and I've always had a convertible so I drive with the top town when I got the gig in 2005 it it's now become my ritual I put the top town I put a CD of the songs I need to review so I'm ready for rehearsal and it's like I'm Rocky in training yeah and and you know you can almost hear that that Bill Conti you know tune dun, 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 and I'm going over Laurel and I'm like I'm feeling stronger that I'm getting closer to the tunes again so when I walk into rehearsal I'm ready you know, because I got to be there for them because it's not a rehearsal for me. Mm-hmm. And it's, for it's us, for those, the and rest the of people. us that love yeah. that song and my mm-hmm. aunt right. Lori who sat there and just explained, probably inaccurately, but still her perception of Love Lies Bleeding and, ah. and like, bump. And for years, remember in Benny and the Jets when it's coming up on that live cut? From... I'm not familiar with that song. <laughs> but in the live, uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Yes, when, when yes. You can hear like in Benny and the Jets. The like crowd. The, yeah. Yeah. Totally. For years, Very well I, done. I claimed my Uncle Richard was the guy who oh, made that with. Oh, that's That's my Uncle Richard. He was right there at that show. <laughs> okay. This, this blew my mind. Did you know that Love Lies Bleeding is a flower? No. Nope. It's, a, it's a type of flower. Love Lies Bleeding <laughs> that's the name of the... is the name of the flower. Google. And, Google. Google. That, yeah, right. Yeah, that's And so I cool. thought, oh my God. So my interpretation of what Love Lies Bleeding is... It's about a flower. It's wrong. I don't know. It's whatever you want it to be. Well, there you go. But that's the uh, that's my Elton story with that funeral for a friend song. Thanks for keeping. Oh, it yeah, alive. you found it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, love like a bleeding. really beautiful red, long, droopy. It looks like it's a bleeding flower. There you go. Yeah. Can you see it? Love lies it. bleeding. Interesting. That's and crazy. that changes. Love lies bleeding in my hands. I mean, what Bernie? I mean, Bernie Taupin is one of the greatest he's got to be the greatest lyric writer there Mm. is and um you know i just love some of the visuals that you get when you when you listen to elton's music Mm -hmm. it just works with whatever bernie writes storyteller yeah Yeah, absolutely well i'm very excited for song number three if we may i'm ready okay oh yeah (laughs) this is a coast 103.5 exclusive raise your head up Look around It's such a pretty country And just to put it bluntly It's a mess In these moments after the war All the wounded right here All the ones who died here It's gonna take some time to carry on Days a miracle, celebrate the miracle. Let the candle burn for eight days and nights. I just first time ever. I love watching David's face yeah. going. I wonder what this is. I, I'm listening because I gotta hear these words. Okay, I gotta right, like, right, wonder okay. where are we go. Where's this taking you? Right. 
Catching spiritual, I'm catching gratitude, I'm catching like just like there's a really nice. I was loving watching him get into that tune. I've never heard it in my entire life. It's on rotation here at at, Uh, over the holidays. holidays, Over the holidays, yeah. All right, it's pretty cool. It's um okay, yeah. That's eight days and nights. Um, Mark. My buddy, Mark Wallengren, who I love uh, with all my heart, even though I always talk about uh, how he drives me crazy. Oh, come on, Adam. That's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Mark once asked me if I would write a holiday song for Hanukkah. And uh, it was Stella. Do you do you remember Stella? Yeah, the program director. Yeah. That was. And Stella was here, and she said, "Yeah, do it, and we'll try to get it on the air." And uh, I had just come off working with Elton. It was 2005, and I worked with a choir. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to have a Hanukkah song that wasn't so, you know, what's the word, a religious? Uh, mm-hmm. That was and all in a minor key. All in a minor key, yes, because all the Jewish songs are very sad. And I thought, how do I turn this and make it about life today and incorporate a gospel choir? Because I was so into this this gospel choir. So uh, it was Washington Prep School uh, here in Los Angeles. These They brought uh, a bus of these beautiful girls and and, um, from Washington Prep, and they came to the studio in Burbank. And I played them this song and they all sang it. And it was like, oh, my God, I could never have thought of coming in where they came in in those spots. It was such a beautiful arrangement. And then we got it to uh, Mark and Stella and I think it was Kim in 2005. Yeah. Could it have been? And uh, they played it and it started getting requests. And yeah. Mark was like, oh my God, Adam, this is amazing. And, you know, and then we were just, they played it every year, yeah. every year. And then the wave picked it up. And then uh, some. 94 7 uh, the wave. Yes. In LA. Mm-hmm. Yep. In LA. And then um, some Hanukkah radio in New York on Sirius picked it up. And then another station in New York picked it up. Oh, cool. So it plays over the holidays. It's just, you know, I always tell my kids, when I'm dead, you'll be rich from this song. Because that's how it goes, yeah. you know? You don't get rich until you're gone. But yeah. it it thrills me for non-egotistical reasons. Well, there's probably a little ego in there. But, you know, you're like shopping in a store and Coast is playing and the song comes on over yeah. the holidays. And I'm oh, wow, that's Awesome. Yeah. And um, your intent was to consciously steer this away from anything religious. that would be too deep. What do you mean yeah. by that specifically well, religious? I, I wanted it to be, you know, and, and that's what got Stella a little worried, that it was too based on, you know, what was happening today. And they talked her into, you know, letting it roll. But the lyrics are, uh, raise your head up, look around, such a pretty building. One day we'll rebuild it, you can bet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about uh, the world, if you will, after a war. Originally, it was about the war of the Maccabees, which I remember I came on the radio on coast to explain the song, and I told the story of the Maccabees completely wrong to Mark. Oh, it no. Was, it was horrible. What are the Maccabees? I don't even know. Don't, don't <laughs> ask. <laughs> we'll fix it I, I, I post. Know. I don't know. Google it. Okay. So, so, um, so... <laughs> 
That's so great. But, you know, the lyrics were about, you know, the, the world going through a war and how this father takes his son, uh, you know, and tries to be positive with him and says, you know, we'll make this good again. Mm-hmm. Um, and one day we'll see a miracle of a candle burning for eight days and nights, which is... You know what? That's where the religion comes in of of the holiday of Hanukkah. Well, the recognition, anyway. I mean, right. it, it was. It, I, I mean, I happen to just be at this point in my life in sort of a a, a phoenix rising stage. You know, as we all in life kind of go up and down. Yeah. I'm kind of like feeling really attached to those kinds of. It was an inspirational feel for mm. me on this song. But is it embraced by Jewish culture? Um, you you know, don't have choirs and synagogues. You, you really don't. Gospel, don't. No, you really don't. No. And cantors, and they do cantors, the and sometimes yeah. there's singers. And but you know, you were right, Maggie, when you said that the the songs are usually very minor key and they're kind of sad. And and I'm like, why does it have to be? Yeah, you know, that was the first thing I thought of when I heard it. Two, yeah, two, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's got to be some sort of um, hope, and uh, mm. that's what I wanted with Eight Days and Nights. That you know, that war can turn things. Maybe something good will come out of it. You know, out of all this horror, and uh, and that's what I wanted to get across. And I remember I was driving again uh, up Laurel Canyon because that was my route <laughs> with the top down, and it hit me that you know. We're stuck in this traffic here, and it's it's an it's a miracle we all don't get killed every day going up and down Laurel Canyon. Right. And then I thought, oh my God, every day's a miracle. That's the hook, and that's how that song sort of came to be, just from a drive up Laurel Canyon. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. That is so cool. Crazy. I kind of took the song more as like a this is the this is a day. You know, like you can't you can't predict tomorrow. You can't mm-hmm. live in yesterday. So it's like be grateful for this moment. I'll right go now. with that actually from now on. That's what I'm <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> so what I meant was that this is the day. And um no, I, I yeah, that's uh that song never gets old to me, which no. is kinda cool. Um and I hope it continues to get played, you know, at coast and or wherever. Cause... I love that this was something that Mark was just like, Hey, can you write a song? Yeah. Yeah, Mark. Mark was the encouragement for it, and uh, great. You know, again, he's always been there for me since you know forever. Yeah, he like he like it's so fun to watch him, especially at Christmas time, because mm-hmm. he looks for places to put that to song. insert that song. Yeah. I know, and then I he'll know. tease the heck out of it, like Adam Chester, the Hanukkah song. It's coming up. It's yeah, coming up. Right, it's right, and right. then he'll text you like it's so. That's it's great. still so exciting. It's, yeah. I love it. My kids get excited when it comes on the radio. Oh, I turn do? it up. Oh, yeah. It's great. I you love know. that. That's dad. You have two kids? Two, kids? two boys. Two boys. Yeah, Truman and Marcello. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Song number four. David's going to love this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, you damn right I love it. Oh, good for you. I like, I'm, I'm there. Touch me in the pouring rain And the moment that you wander far from me I want to feel you in my arms again And you come to me on a summer breeze Keep me warm in your love Then you softly leave And it's me you need to shout <laughs> How deep is your love? How deep is your love? 
RPGs? Yes. Why this song? Oh, man. Journal of Music of Life, man. Just All I can hear is from that movie when the character goes, can you handle being friends with a girl? Can you handle it? And he goes, I'll try, okay? I'll try. I'll try. I mean, it was just, it was the best. Um, I love that movie. I love the Bee Gees. So the Bee Gees. Wait, wait, oh, slow down. I don't know what movie you're talking about. What? Is this Saturday Night Fever? Yeah, oh, okay. Saturday yeah. Night Fever. Um, Whether you're a mother. <laughs> Whether you're a mother. Um, here's a fun thought. Every Bee Gees hit that, that I remember, the title of the song is repeated twice. How deep is your love? How deep is your love? Staying alive, staying alive. Oh, interesting. Night fever, night fever. Interesting. Jive, well, jive, I shouldn't have said that one. Um, But, you know, a lot of them uh, always repeat the title. Interesting. It's weird. I know there's more, but it will come to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the Bee Gees uh, lived in Miami. And um, back when I didn't have glasses and my hair was longer, I used to get you know, teased all the time that I look like one of the Bee Gees. And uh, when I came to school at SC, you're looking at me right now going, there's not a chance in hell. Why is that, <laughs> right? like that, why is that a bad thing? That's no, right. no, it was cool, right? So, but it was Andy that I was compared to. And of course, he's gone, as I guess most of them are now, except for Barry. Um, but anyway, that was just a part of Miami culture Mm -hmm. was the Bee Gees would do a concert. You'd follow them back to their house on North Bay Road. You'd wait to see them. They'd come out. We'd cheer. They'd go in. You're gone. And so the Bee Gees uh, were just such a part of my growing up for people telling me I look like them to them living there to this is the other funny, crazy thing. I went to the studio when they were recording Tragedy. Okay. And I went with my mother, and I must have been, I don't know, 14 years old. And my mother was quite pretty at the time. We walked into the studio, and Robin Gibb was there. Robin Gibb asked my mother out on a date. <laughs> in Miami, in front of me. In front of... What did she say? Mom. She said yes. Oh. And the two went out... And, um, wow, I can't tell this story, can I? Sure. Fine, I will. So uh, <laughs> so she had a, a, a limo pick her up. I was in the apartment. I was all psyched because I'm thinking this is the beginning of my career at 14. <laughs> I could be with the Bee Gees. This will be great. I look like them at the time. This is awesome. So she goes on uh, some yacht. I think she said it was Dick Cavett's yacht uh-huh. in Miami. Of course. Right? (laughs) And a half an hour, maybe 40 minutes later, I hear a knock at the door and I let her in because she didn't have her key out. And she, I said, what happened? What are you, what are you doing home? What, what happened? And she said, well, you won't believe this, but, uh, when I got to the yacht, they led me in some bedroom and, uh, they sat me down and said, Robin would be out in a minute. And well, he came out naked. And I said, why did you leave? Oh, that's my brother, my baby. Wow. That was the story. And uh, nothing happened, and that was that. 
God um, love her. Wow. Yeah. I think our, I, I'm, I'm getting a sense that we're kind of same generation. <laughs> I time think. Time-wise. Yeah, yeah, maybe. My, my smother yes. was hitchhiking in upstate New York near okay. I.C., where the late great Rod Serling was a standing oh. professor. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. All in of the film school. Yeah. yeah, and mother was hitchhiking. Wow. Picked up by Rod Serling. That's awesome. Yeah, kind of a similar story. Really? Kind of. Sort yeah. of Twilight Zoney. I love that. Happy ending on this one. Ooh, really? Did I want to know that? Well, not that. Okay, good. I'm just saying. Respectable. Okay, good. Those were days, man. Like 70s, early 70s. 70s, 80s were were really crazy times to grow up in. Yeah. Robin. Robin. But, uh, you know, and then doing all the Bee Gees impersonations and the ha 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 ha, you know, all that stuff. How many Um, times have you seen them in concert? Oh, countless. It must be, I guess in Miami, I must have gone eight or nine times to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I went with uh, this girl, Bonnie Zane. Um, she's a, a casting director now, but we have been friends since we dated. Uh, and that first date was the Bee Gees concert. And she ended up, she went to Ithaca with my wife, ironically, and she introduced uh, my wife and I. Oh. Um, Bonnie Zane. Bonnie Zane. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I owe her the the world for uh, introducing me to Maria, which is pretty cool. That all from cool. the Bee Gees. See how all of this loops into a great That's big story. That's the show. Yes. That's... You are a perfect I'm guest. You. I'm telling <laughs> yes. you. Wait till you hear the next song. Wait, I can I drop the nugget on this song? Oh, uh-oh. yeah. Okay, because this is like I think my favorite piece of nugget that we've got on all the songs. So. The band was actually sued by someone named Ronald Zell from Illinois because of this song. Um, wow. Ronald wrote a song called Let It End and claimed that How Deep Is Your Love was based off of that song. That only was sent to publishers. It went to court and wound up being dropped because they didn't have the the jury at first wanted to convict the Bee Gees of saying like, yeah, you copied him wow. because the similarities in music. But the judge was like, that's no, it wasn't close. No, enough. that's like parallel thinking. That's a that doesn't count. Wow. I had crazy? no idea about that. Yeah. What was the guy's name? And Ronald Ill- Sell. Wow. S E L L E. I wonder whatever happened to Ronald. Ron, uh, yeah, right. that's, a, that's a tough one. He went know. on to write Tragedy by the Bee Gees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the title of this chapter. Right. Tragedy. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Are we ready for song number five? If you get this one, I'll be so impressed. That's all I can say. I'm sipping kerosene just to burn. So many lessons I can learn. If I take my life Sounds have been kerosene just to burn. I'm sipping kerosene just to burn. Wow, this is beautiful. There's so many lessons I can Heaven, baby, we can see where we go. 
Seriously, man, I'm, I'm in a perfect place to hear this song. And oh. I'm, I just have I'm, I'm I'm close to who the artist is, but I can't call it. I think I like him a lot. You yeah. know that? Mm-hmm. Should I tell him, or you want to? Yeah, tell please. Him? You introduce this one. That's my son, Truman Elliot Chester. He's 14 years old. Jeez. And thank you. That's very sweet of him mm-hmm. to say. I'm literally almost tearing up. It it freaks me out that he does this. Um, that's that's true. <laughs> yeah, and did you did you help him with at all with this? No, no. I'll tell you the story as I sit here tearing. Truman is soon to be fifteen, and he's got some sort of quiver in his voice that I thought was unlike anything I've heard. It was so natural, so real, and. Um, I called a friend of Davy Johnstone's. Mm-hmm. His name's Peter Bonetta. The Bonettas are some of the coolest people on the planet. Damon Bonetta produces One Direction. Okay. They're huge producers. And so Peter said, bring Truman over. Let's let's see what happens. We'll bring him to the Malibu, Malibu studio. Let's, let's see what happens. So he goes in the studio with this 22, I think he's 22 years old. Uh, Connor Mason is the engineer. Connor's working with me. He's doing a bunch of stuff. Let's leave him alone for a while in the studio and we'll go out and have a drink. So my wife, Maria, and I go out. We, we leave them alone. We come back two hours later and this song, Burn, is done. And uh, two it was and a half hours two later. and a half hours later. Wow. Uh, Truman wrote the lyric, the melody, and, um, and had the, you know, the melody. And Connor came up with these backing production elements to it that really just blew me away. And Peter heard that and he said, okay, I think we got something here. Let's, let's have them work together. So as of this day... He's got maybe seven, eight songs with Connor, and they record at this other studio that Peter owns in Hollywood. It's like a home studio, major professional. There's like four different rooms where all these phenomenal artists record. I mean, Peter's top of the line. I, I love the guy, and I love Connor for bringing this out in true because all Truman wanted to do is rap. And I said, you know, you can rap. That's fine. It's, it's great. But I don't want you using the F word. I don't want you cursing. Um, he was really disappointed. And, and I said, <sighs> find a way to combine that voice of yours with some rap. And that's what he's doing now. Burn was the first song they did. But I got to tell you, there's stuff that they did just this past Thursday. What is it? It's Sunday. We're recording this. And just this past Thursday, they did three songs. They're not finished, but three songs. One of them had me in tears. I said, don't put drums on this, please. Don't put bass on this. Let it just be the guitar and Truman's voice and maybe the sound of crickets. And and the engineer laughed. Connor was like, I love the idea of crickets. And, And it's just so pure. But that's my son who... And and to do this first one, mm-hmm. 
you know, you said, fine, you know, do the rap or whatever. Yeah. But is yeah. Truman embracing this? Did he find something here? Is he? I'm like, not sure. He's he's very. Uh, I mean, he's. It, it is such a powerful song, and you can hear almost so like the, the lips parting in certain enunciations. I mean, the recording is so. That that was his scratch vocal. Mm-hmm. He never did a main vocal. He sang that once, so you can sort of hear that one part where his voice kind of. But I thought it was so real and pure yeah i didn't want him to do it again and connor was like you know that's fine we can do it again later if you want it's absolutely beautiful but, song. Um, thank a, you as a parent how do you stay out of that trap yeah. of I'm, pushing I'm, like yeah. tiger woods to be a pro golfer type right thing you know i i didn't want to uh to force him and i force him and maria is much more of a proponent of this to force him to take piano lessons because it's better if he knows how to play piano than if he just sings. Every little element of music can only help him. And Marcello, who's his younger brother, he plays drums. And he's like, Dad, I don't want to play drums. I, and, and he's good. Shut up and take your lessons. And, <laughs> you know, That's most parents with music. It's a you battle. You have to. Yeah, I it's mean, my, my mom and dad um, struggled. You know, my dad died when I was like eight from, from cancer. But, but I started when I was five, and they were both into me taking lessons. And I hated lessons because it felt very, you know, restrictive, and I have to learn this, and... I I had the idea, you know, Beethoven's been dead for hundreds of years. Wouldn't he want to to hear for Elise in a different way (laughs) at this point? Why do we have to learn it the same old way? But anyway, back to Truman. So True, um, you know, he still wants the rap, and I'm all for it. He can curse sometimes. It's fine. Um, But... I think he needs to stay on this path of singing because there's something very special that he connects. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, 14, and he's 14. And he wrote that. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And how does a 14 year old come up with a lyric, I'm drinking kerosene just to burn? I'm because like, what? I, I've, what? Spent, I, I've spent 30 years working with teenagers. I have no children right. of my own. Okay. Uh, but I'm from a very large family, and my career path has been. It is it, it it is never surprising, almost always astounding what is going on in the minds of what twelve they come year olds. Yeah. And, and they're listening and yeah. they hear everything. And yeah. if there's that moment where it's for whatever reason allowed to come out, mm-hmm. it's uh That's what happened in that studio amazing. with, with uh, at, at Peter Bonetta's studio. And I thought, yeah, this I'm right. I'm not one of those crazy parents mm-hmm. who says, my kid's a great singer. I mean, God bless him. But, you know, mm-hmm. there's something very special about Truman that what what he has for his voice, I feel I have for my piano. Because, like, when people come hear me play at the Sunset Marquee or wherever I'm playing, you know, if it's with Elton, they see that I'm so dialed in you know, what I play is what I feel. It's mm-hmm. not just notes. And yes, I sing, but I'm I'm not that great of a singer. I know that. Truman is an amazing singer. We gotta get him on the and, show. You know, I mean he <laughs> would love his it. Five would be. But you wouldn't be able you wouldn't be able to play his five. They'd be yeah. all cursing. You know, it's all rap. And then I feel guilty as a parent. Did I expose him to Kanye West too soon? You know, when he was 18 months old. And <laughs> was it wrong to watch The Sopranos while he was milking and I getting fed? I don't know if I'm a bad dad. But whatever I did, I think it helped get him to the point where he's drinking kerosene so he can burn. I don't I don't think Jeez. that's I think actually it's quite the opposite in mm. the sense that 
I'm also a creative person, but it took me a long time to be able to do that in front of my parents, uh, to be able to sing or play or anything. Right. You know, I was very, very shy. And so the fact that he can come to you and say, Dad, listen to this thing I made. Yeah. Yeah. He loves that. That's remarkable. He loves coming to me and Maria and just saying, you know, what do you think of this? And yeah. when it's good, it's like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. But, um, wow, I thank you. And your, your reaction, David was so, it was, you know, I was watching him going, there's no way he's going to guess this song. So let me just see what he thinks about it. And then you just, you know, melt it in. It's, you know, a lot of Maggie and my inspiration for this show is, is the listener, Mm. you know, and Mm -hmm. it's always interesting and and important to know and the mechanics and, and, Mm. and all of that. But this hopefully why tunes shuffle digs deep into that and and to just mm-hmm. be able to to be available for words and music and 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 take it in it was yeah it was a I love what you guys are doing um you know Thank I you. I think this is amazing you know that you get to choose five songs that mean something to you mm-hmm. and like I said to you I drove over here to the studio thinking oh my god I'm bummed I didn't pick that song or that song it can never end yeah. you know because so many songs affect us and we're bonded by it like the Bee Gees Absolutely. I, I was thumbing through my musical journal right. it's, it's winter time Christmas the first time oh, uh, that, that, that I left grandma and grandpa's house on Christmas day mm-hmm. to go see a movie Saturday Night Fever. See, that's a very Jewish thing. That's a very Jewish thing to see a movie on Christmas. My wife won't do it. She's not Jewish. And it's like, I'm not seeing a movie on Christmas. Well, you know, it's like I always say, I'm not a Jew, but I'm Jewish. Ah, there you go. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was was, was fantastic. And and that's what we love about this show is that we can flip through our musical journal. We can learn. We can share. It's great. It's, it's, you know, there, there are no words. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed Thank it. You We're not any, anywhere near done with you yet. No, though. this is the best part <laughs> of the Uh-oh. show. Oh, yay. <laughs> Where yeah. David takes over and we play a little game called Band Name or Bar Name. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm ready. And this is time for Band Name or Bar Name. Adam, I'm going to read you the name of a band and the name of a bar from a location that was decided by last week's guest. Uh, and that location is Salem, Oregon. So try to put your head. Have you ever been to Salem, Oregon? Never. Okay, neither. Have I. But I am now. Okay. I'm there right now. And to Salem, uh, New Hampshire, wherever yeah. that is, the witch place, but not yeah. Salem, Oregon. So we're in Salem, Oregon, right now, and I'm going to suggest to Maggie and yourself that we go to the Folly. Heard the it's folly. a great place, the Folly. Hmm. You know, a lot of cool things going on there. Um, We'll get some food, and you're going to love F-Stop Fitzgerald's. Oh, my God. They're going to rock the place. No. Or I could just as easily say, hey, shall we go to F-Stop Fitzgerald's and check out the folly? Yeah. 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 That's what, That's I, would what I would say. Yeah, final answer. Final answer. Final rhythm. Final beat. Well, if we're at 335 Grove Street Northeast in Salem, Oregon... We would be in front of the public house known as F. Stop. Yeah. 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 Very well done. (laughs) The name of the public house was born of the fact that the people that were putting it together were all filmmakers and photographers and videographers, and they were at the name, the naming of the bar phase, and they thought, let's call it F. F Stop Fitzgerald. We knew that. Yeah, Yeah. very good, very good. And uh, (laughs) if you're if you're in the area, they have a game night on Sunday and an industry (laughs) night on Monday. It sounds like a really wonderful place to go. Not too much information on the folly, other than they rock and they're willing to travel (laughs) up to 120 miles away from Salem to play. 
Um, and you can get free quotes on their live rock music, The Folly from Salem, Oregon. Thanks for playing Bar Name or Band Name. Adam, your job now is to take Maggie and I and our listeners to a location anywhere in the world where I can do some research and find the name of a band and the name of a bar. So where can we go? Wow. Okay. Um, I got to stick to my hometown where I grew up. So I really want to make it Miami Beach, Florida. Let's go. Miami Beach. That should be an interesting look. Doesn't that sound like fun? Yeah. Yep. All sounds right. like. Uh... Okay. Is the name of the bar the Bee Gees? Or <laughs> is the name. <laughs> I won't make it that easy. Uh, not at all. Thank you very much for playing Band Name or Bar Name. Thank you. Brought to you by your name here. And you can email us at ytunshuffle at gmail.com if you would like sponsorship information. All right, Adam, thinking very hard. Take us back down memory lane. Tell us the story of your very first concert. Ah, my very first concert was The Who. Oh! And Keith Moon was playing drums. What? He came out, did a somersault on stage. Uh, (laughs) It was at the Miami Baseball Arena. I was, I think, no, I had to have been 12 or 13 years old. It was my first concert. And about 10 minutes into the first song, my mother said, I think we should go. <laughs> was it just you and your mom? It was, and it was too loud for her. Oh, no. Wow. Wait, how did she stay? No, I had to leave. Yes. That was my first concert nightmare. And uh, 10 minutes. What an idiot. What an, I'm so Who was Whose idea was it to go see The Who? Your mom's? No, it was mine. It was mine. I, I, you were, you were like, into okay. them. She wouldn't let me go with a friend. She didn't trust. I, this is this is where it all loops around yes, to, to her. The, the book begins. <laughs> the story Ten begins. Ten minutes into The Who, yeah, with Keith Moon. I saw the somersault. They did an awesome tune. Everybody was freaking out. I was recording it with a microphone and a cassette player. I snuck into the place. Nice. What an amazing bootleg that oh, would have been. It would have been just... Epic. Did but... you go in the seventy-one or the Pontiac Le Mans? Uh, yes, we did. My, yeah. Mine was my <laughs> second car in high school was a nineteen seventy-one Pontiac Le Mans. Oh, Remember that's the pretty year? cool. You had yeah. a second car in high school? Oh my god, I lived Get in upstate New York. Here. We needed wow. cars, field cars. You needed more than one car. Yeah, I well, it was my second. Oh my one. god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Zalorian's yeah. model. Yeah. Well, what about the last show you were at? Last Last show. Okay. I had to remember. This was just a couple of weeks ago. It was uh, Christopher Cross, Kenny Loggins, and Michael McDonald. Oh, What a wonderful show. That was great. Yeah. Christopher Cross, uh, yeah. 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 He doesn't sing that part. No. He sings all the other parts, and then he has these two girls with high voices go, Sam, and, and I'm like, oh boy. He's I love not... Christopher Cross. I do too. Yeah. But then uh, Kenny Loggins uh, was amazing. Michael McDonald blew me away. He was mm-hmm. incredible, you know. Wow. I'd love to have seen that show. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Where was it? Uh, at the uh, Hollywood Bowl. Oh, wow. Hollywood Bowl. I we gotta had pay more seats. attention, man. I'm like, I'm getting back on social media. Ah, yeah. there okay. it is. Yeah. Thank you. You this, can thank time, me for that. I'm gonna just uh, steer clear of all of the, I don't know, the, the intense newsy stuff. Yeah, yeah. you just have. You to. just don't have to engage. And no more right. stalking yeah. ex-girlfriends. Yeah. That's out. Oh, too. that yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, hard. No more. Yeah.
You don't know me. Yeah. You oh, do. God. That's like I was a DJ at Q104 and that song was in rotation. Oh, seriously? Oh, yeah, Love yeah. that tune. <laughs> One of my favorite ones to play. In you fact, know. this this uh, guy who's a friend of mine, um, Doobie brother. he saw me playing that at the Sunset Marquee and he said, hey, it's on Sirius Radio now. And I, I just texted it back. Nice. Uh-huh. It's fun. I love playing all that stuff. That's cool. I'm yeah. going to the Sunset Marquee. Oh, Tuesday cool. nights. Every other Tuesday. Every right? other Tuesday, yes. Yeah. So Adam. I'll be there uh, this Tuesday, which is, uh, I don't know, the 7th. And then I'm there in two Tuesdays after that. It's 9 to midnight at the very famous uh, Sunset Marquee Hotel. Beautiful. It's a cool place. And this is a part of the show. I well, you've already started doing it, plugging away. But if people want to keep up with you and find more of your work, yep. how do we do that? Um, that's a very good question because I am majorly into social media now. So um, since my kids told me that Facebook is for old people, it's uh, not. It, well, Come on, it, it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. See, okay. <laughs> uh, my Instagram is underscore Adam Chester. And uh, that's where I currently have 1,064 followers. Is that a lot? It's terrible. Anyway. You just uh, start. That's a lot. That's good. Um, that's my Instagram. Uh, and I have my website, adamchester.com. And I'll be rehearsing Elton in a week and a half. And then we're off to Philly in New York to start his farewell tour, which is scheduled to be a three-year uh, farewell, farewell tour. It's, very funny. it's a long farewell. I, 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 yeah, definitely have to try to get and see this guy. I mean, if Philadelphia Freedom. You know what the flip side of Philadelphia Freedom was? Oh my God! On the forty-five. A uh, Flintstone boy? No, oh. Sugar on the Floor. Oh, Sugar on the Floor. Yeah, right. yeah. And and the yeah. thing about that is that I was a very naughty elementary school student who swore a lot. Uh-oh. And I I, uh, I was playing Philadelphia Freedom a lot on yep. 45, and uh, my gym teacher was like, can you say sugar? Can you just say sugar? And I just remembered, sugar on the floor. And I oh, would, for like cool. fifth and sixth grade, I would say sugar on the floor. I will, let, I will let Elton know that story. Okay, very good. Really <laughs> Isn't that weird how yeah. that's cool. like that goes around? That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, <laughs> Such Adam. a great time. Yeah, thank you for taking your thank time you, to be on the thank show. You, thank, you. thank you, guys. Thank, this is great. Thank you, David, for being the best co-host ever. I'm Ooh, Megan Mitchell. You are the And uh, if you host. haven't already, please like, subscribe, and share on any of our social medias Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Y-Tune Shuffle. Yay! Music. Music.